Welcome to Brink, a podcast about startups figuring things out. Today, I'm joined by Della. How are you doing, Della? I'm great. How are you, Bryce? I'm doing great. And I'm excited to hear all about Rebel Cultures. So uh, what's your, your 30-second pitch for Rebel Cultures? Rebel Cultures is developing the first method of cloning disease-free plants outside of a laboratory. So basically, it, this is the new fastest way to take one plant and get 10,000 plants out of it. Okay. Outside of a laboratory. So the way that they do it today is in some big fancy lab. What does a lab look like today? Yeah, exactly. So um, plant tissue culture is the only way to clone disease-free plants. And it's also the fastest way to clone plants today. Basically, what you do is you take a little cutting of a plant in a greenhouse or your own home, send it into a lab, and they clean it extremely thoroughly, and they actually put it in a test tube. Uh, we've got a couple example tubes here. And what they do is then let this plant grow over the course of four to six weeks um, after an initial recovery period. And then you can actually take a plant like this and bisect it into several pieces and each of those several pieces will become its own unique plant. What's really challenging with a lab is that you need to spend so much time keeping the environment absolutely aseptic. So if you've ever had a vase of flowers, it takes like three or four days before that water starts to look absolutely <laughs> gross. But imagine having a vase of flowers and needing to get those flowers so clean it didn't look moldy or slimy or gross for four to six weeks okay. or even longer. So um, those precautions take so much time and they make it unaffordable to achieve that sort of production where you can go from one plant to 10,000 plants in a course of eight months or so. Gotcha. And when you're talking about cloning, um, this you're not talking about you know gardeners at home who are doing you know propagating plants. You're you're talking about large-scale operations if there's a lab involved? Yeah, mostly large-scale operations. Yeah. There are some very dedicated at-home plant propagators doing something called kitchen culture, okay. where they're using their uh, microwaves as autoclaves, and uh, that's a different deal. Wow, okay. Gotta learn about that. What, what You said it was culture, ki kitchen culture? Kitchen culture is mm -hmm. the, uh, the common term. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, this is... This is a, a crazy space to be in. How what, do you have a background in this? How did you get exposed to this? How did you learn about these challenges? Yeah, so I actually have a background in biology, and I tried my best to get out of plant biology, but it didn't work out for me. I just kept uh, finding myself back in plant biology, and I ended up actually at one of the largest perennial producers in the U.S. as the director of their plant tissue culture lab, where it was our job to take a plant like this or a prized um, new you know, genetic strain of a plant and turn it into tens of thousands of plants. And we would make about a million plants a year in this aseptic uh, tissue culture lab. Okay. So you ran the lab and yep. now you're making an alternative to the lab. Absolutely. Okay. So what are, um, you've mentioned a couple of them already, but just the bullet points of what are the big problems with the labs today? And then how does Rebel Cultures solve that? How's it better? 
Yeah. So if you think about a lab, if you are going to reach out to a lab as a greenhouse owner, your primary cost would be keeping your cultures in that lab from getting contaminated. So it's very expensive. It's one of the most expensive ways plant producers actually produce plants is in tissue culture. But it's also one of the very few ways you can harness that exponential multiplication where you go from one to four to 16, and it just kind of follows this logarithmic curve to virtually infinity as long as the plants aren't mutating out of control okay gotcha and these labs um i i know a little bit about the space just from being exposed to you but these labs are they always uh local to these plant producers are they uh overseas or what do all these plant producers have labs or are they partnering was it was that relationship look like with the lab Yeah, so there are a few different types of relationships that we see domestically. Um, So there are um, labs that specialize in something called initiation, where you take those cuttings, you actually find a very, very small piece of multiplying cells within that plant tissue, you clean the living daylights out of it, and then you are growing it in the test tube. And then from there... Uh, usually an initiation lab for production will actually send 10, 20, 50 plants overseas, mostly to labs in Asia, just because the labor is so much cheaper there. Mm. And keeping a plant in aseptic conditions takes so much work and so much labor and very specialized labor that it is cost prohibitive to have production labs in the U.S., with the exception of several plants that actually are agriculturally not allowed to be imported Mm. um, due to USDA and other sorts of restrictions. Okay, interesting. Mm. So so the preferred path or the the current option chosen is often to work internationally with these other, with these these labs. So, but now with rebel cultures, not only are you offering this totally aseptic, I hope I'm using the right terms, but aseptic environments that you're keeping the plants clean, you provide the right environment for them to reproduce, uh, but also it's affordable and they can just set it up in their production facility. Is that right? That's right. So Rebel Cultures, we're actually asking a different question. We're not asking the same questions that I was asking as the director of the domestic lab here, which was how can we make our processes better? How can we take every single step of the process and maybe tweak it so that it's faster, more efficient, more affordable? We're also not asking how can we do this process where the labor is cheaper overseas because that has a lot of problems like importing pathogens that you can't see besides being still super expensive even though you're importing the plants. We're asking why can't the container do the cleaning for us? Mm -hmm. So we're basically making this self-contained unit that is ready for being used in a warehouse in any sort of normal production facility where there's an outlet and probably eventually some water. Um, And we're actually programming this um, specific growth environment for the plants that is self-cleaning. Okay. And we actually, we have one of the units out there. And I think we're going to 
pop in some uh, some shots of it. So I think yeah. it'd be good to talk about it now. But we've been talking about a lab, which is yeah. many thousands of square feet, I imagine, uh, to have a, a good lab. Maybe mm-hmm. it's smaller, but these are, you know, you've got people moving around in them and yep. keeping it all clean and doing all that. And by comparison, we, we've got this just box sitting on a desk in our, our co-working space here. Yep. Um, so really, you, you just plug into an outlet, get a water source. Absolutely. There's some nutrients that have to be added into it, right? But you're good to go. So you want to talk about just like the form factor and how, how it works? Yeah. So um, instead of building a lab next to your production facility or outsourcing lab work, either from a domestic source, which is going to be quite expensive, or from an international source, which is also going to be expensive and logistically complex. Um, This basically is an alternative to that where you can have a refrigerator-sized unit, so roughly eight square feet of production footage, um, and you can actually get up to what we're estimating as 10,000 replicating plants every month within this unit, and they're modular and also scalable. So as long as you have floor space for another eight square feet, you can double your output. Gotcha. So we have just a small, uh, maybe the smallest version of it here, right? but you have a larger form factor one, and then also you just stack them horizontally, maybe even vertically, you could stack them on top of each other. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Wow. So that seems crazy that you could get rid of the whole lab and just reduce it down to a box. So uh, any haters out there who see this and say, that doesn't, uh, I don't believe in that. What, what would they, you know, what would be the arguments against this? Like why because it seems like a superior solution. So what would be the reason not to do something like this or why won't this work? Yeah. So there would be probably two different camps of people. One would be the same people who would maybe be in opposition of tissue culture in general. Mm. They say there's a risk of producing genetic clones, which would be happening whether you're taking a cutting off of this plant and putting it directly into soil or whether you're actually doing the replication in a plant tissue culture lab or within Rebel Culture's product called the Plant Replicator. Okay. So um, they're not wrong in that there is potential um, susceptibility to pests that are not always known or diseases that are not always known. Um, when you don't have a genetic diversity that you get from growing something from a traditional seed, you do risk that sort of monocrop effect where a single, you know, drought could knock out, you know, a grove of trees or something like that. Um, The other risk um, from people who are already comfortable and familiar with tissue culture is probably just resistance to super new technology because plant tissue culture was really sort of almost birthed in the 1960s and it hasn't changed much since. Mm. We have a few different ways of doing it now, but the aseptic procedures are almost, um, they're almost like medieval compared to how far other types of manufacturing have advanced. So people who are really in that research space are really huge fans of tissue culture might not be the first adopters of this radically new way of sort of open cell culturing. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that, that first camp of people, um, your, your, uh, 
they're they're not believers in tissue culture anyway, so they're right. probably not interested in 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 your product, and um, so we don't have to worry about too much too much about them. But the uh, how have people received this so far? So you've you have you know units, and you've gone out there and you've you've spoken you know to these plant producers. What are they saying? Yeah, so um, we've had the opportunity and pleasure of getting in front of a few different groups and. Um, we were kind of trying to gradually introduce the concept, but you say lab-free TC one time and suddenly you <laughs> sort of have like this crowd of people growing and everyone wants to know more. Uh, I have never had an easier time getting people to sign up for updates for something. Um, everyone's curious about it. Um, it's been really exciting seeing how many potential collaborators we have, people who can, um, you know, from a field station, offer us cuttings of any kind of tree that we'd want to potentially produce, um, local producers who want to send us cuttings to try in our R&D replicator, and then also local people who are looking to um, have a replicator on their site and be some of the first to help us with the R&D. So it's pretty easy sell so far? It's been an easy sell so far. We've got people signing up from all over the world for our beta testing. And I'm like, it's not going to ship that far right now, but let's keep talking because I think this could actually grow to that level. So yeah, let's talk about the stage that you're at right now. So uh, beta testing, mm -hmm. you, um, but you are out there, you're pre-selling a little bit. I can see physical units, so mm -hmm. you're, you're prototyping as well. So... Um, the beta test, can anyone sign up for that? What was the beta test look like? What's involved with that? Yeah. So the beta test has basically a unit with two different modules stacked on top of each other. It's this box and it's got your matrix of nozzles, which are going to deliver your nutrients that we will also provide. It's got lighting, it's got ultrasonic fog to help, um, regulate the humidity. It has some temperature regulation. And what we're really looking for is getting feedback on the absolute bare minimum product that we have now. Okay. And we're trying to see what our limitations are with what types of plants this is going to work with. Um, where we're starting right now is rooting of unrooted cuttings. So if you were to take a little clipping of a plant we want to be able to throw these clippings into the replicator, just into one of these baskets, and get rooted cuttings back out. Um, and then in the future stages, what we're looking for is actually getting the replicated clones, where we can then have this sort of like pom-pom of, of plants that we can cut apart. Again, not in a laboratory setting, just in your normal production workspace, wherever that may be. And you mentioned, though, that you don't want to send the beta units everywhere. So are you looking for beta testers in a certain location? What, you, what about that? Yeah, so we are specifically targeting beta testers in West Michigan. Okay. Um, but we want to talk with anyone who might be interested in potentially getting a, yeah, on the pre-order list for the developed units. Okay. Um, would you be open to a beta tester that's outside of Michigan if someone's listening and they're, they're not? You just... The logistics are just a little more involved. Is that the problem? Yeah, that's the problem. And I think that absolutely we're open to it. Okay. Um, it's just a matter of is there someone on site who's willing to maybe do some remote troubleshooting 
instead of someone who is plugging it in and expecting it to work. Gotcha. Because this is such a you know an intricate product, there's you know, a lot of moving parts. Um, you just want to be able to hand on hands on support them, and you worry about that if it's out there. But exactly. Um, but people are still welcome to pre order, join the newsletter, yep. talk to you about it, make a plan for how to how how to adopt it. So uh, these beta testers, um, you're making this sound so simple what would the ideal beta tester be um do they is there a size of that that company um you know a certain amount of plants that they're producing a year i'm assuming they have to be plant producers you don't want you don't want me signing up and using it at home right you're probably not our target customer right now (laughs) although we have had a lot of interest from at home plant propagators so um probably down the road we will have sort of a an at home like you know, easy bake oven style replicator. It's already looking like an easy bake oven experience where you're saying just throw <laughs> these little uh, replicates in there and then you just get more plants. It sounds so simple. So what's the um, what's the biggest risk you think um, facing you ahead, uh, f- facing you in the future of this not succeeding? Because uh, it's a brand new technology uh, you talked about some of the market trends, but it sounds like those can be overcome. But what uh, what's keeping you up at night with with bringing this to market? Yeah, so it's absolutely the R and D. Okay. Can you get every single factor to layer on top of each other in a way that's repeatable out in the field, but also highly desirable for the plants? So right now, obviously. Um, Every plant has slightly different requirements for optimized growth, but we're trying to sort of broad brush how many types of plants can we get to um, behave well under similar conditions so that this can um, be accessible to as many beta testers as possible and future customers. Okay. So you're going to go to market with a subset of plants that you support, you know, work really well. Yep. Um, and certain plant producers that can benefit from this. And then over time, future versions will support a wider array of plants or maybe that same version. Will will that same hardware support more plant cultivars? I don't know the terms, but... No, you got it. Yes. Nailed Home it. gardening works for me. Nice. Um, so will that same hardware probably support it, but just you need to get the right nutrient mix or software updates? What... Um, but someone who is an early adopter of this, what would they expect their experience to be if, uh, you know, over time? Yeah, so the units will work uh, over time with all sorts of different plants. Um, what is going to change is the protocols that would be assigned. So things like different temperature or lighting conditions, which will be controlled with the software, and then different sort of biological nutrient mixes. So um, that's all stuff that Rebel Cultures will be providing. It's just a matter of what is that specific formula that you need or how much of different formulas um, will you be needing as your as your production changes over time. Okay, great. Um, are you are, are you able to or, or um, interested in, in sharing timelines for, for any of this? Because you're in the beta testing phase now, R&D phase. I know there's a lot of unknowns there. But is this a 2023 launch uh, to, you, to your first customers, 2024? What are you thinking? 
Yeah, so our first customers in our alpha testing cohort are actually just sending cuttings to us, and we're testing their plants in our alpha unit on our site. So that is starting actually this month. Nice. Yeah, so March 2023 is, uh, is alpha testing with customers. And then next month, we are going to be installing our first beta testing unit actually out in the field. And we're going to be doing our rooting trials with that first beta testing customer first. And then once we really nail getting those unrooted cuttings rooted, then we're moving on to those biological protocols that would enable the actual replication of the plants. Um, Our goal is to have a beta version 2 developed by July. We are going to be exhibiting at the uh, trade show Cultivate in July. So we're excited to unveil lab-free TC to the greater horticultural community at that time. Is Cultivate just an open conference? Anyone can go, but it's mostly... Um, horticultural experts and professionals that are there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, yep. It's one of the premier industry conferences, but open registration if you want to meet a lot of really cool and interesting plant people. Will you have a booth there? Yes. Okay. All right. So everyone should look for you. There. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so one of the things that um, you know, I've always been impressed with, just in the time that, that I've known you, is just how quickly you've been able to move forward with with your venture. It just seems like every time I talk to you, you're just you know, blowing through the, all the obstacles and you're, you're so much momentum. Um, I know you've, you've been working in this field for years. So in some ways the startup was years in the making, but, um, roughly from, you know, when you committed to this as your idea, as your business to, to now where you have, you know, you have a, a business that can make money. What, what was that timeline? Like, are we talking years, months? What, what was that? It was just about a year. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So Rebel Cultures was founded early 2022. Yeah. Wow. Is that right? Yeah. It's early 2023 now. So yeah. yes. Okay. So just about a year. So that's basically in a year's time. You've gone from idea to an operating business. You op- you do this as a service now, essentially, for your alpha customers. And then eventually you'll be putting units out there. You have a physical device Mm -hmm. over there. You're working with an engineering group. You're, um, you know, you're doing the grant process. You're doing all that. So um, has this whole experience been in line with what you thought it would be as far as like difficulty and how fast you're moving or Mm -hmm. surprised you in any way? Surprised me in a lot of ways, but probably not in the ways that I was told that it would surprise me, maybe. Uh, Okay. I think... um, I like the startup life just because, honestly, I love working uh, (laughs) and I love how important our mission is of just getting more plants out into the world because we need them to eat, we need them to breathe, we need them for research, and we don't have enough of them. So it kind of just feels like it's had a life of its own once there were a couple you know, checkpoints with validation. I wanted to, I was basically in the beginning looking for a reason to not do it and I couldn't find one. So now we're here. That's awesome. So I have one more question for you and then I'll leave the floor open for you if there's anything else that you want to share. But, um, you know, if you, if you're right and, uh, people are adopting, 
uh, lab free TC, your, mm-hmm. your coined phrase there. Um, what, how different does the world look five years from now, 10 years from now, or is that even like the right horizon time horizon to be looking at? But, um, what, how, what's different about the world of your right? Yeah. So I think the thing that we can all see and feel is that there aren't enough plants for everyone. And the thing that we often overlook is that there's this huge gap between the profitability of agriculture and horticulture and other manufacturing. Mm. So if you look at the average salary, whether it be frontline worker or manager in manufacturing, they're making literally twice as much as a comparable person in agriculture or horticulture. That means that even with every single method of plant production that we have today, whether it's seed, cuttings, tissue culture, bare root propagation, we can't come up with enough plants and there aren't enough people in the space who are innovating, who are getting paid enough to stay in the field and keep innovating that we just can't do everything we need to do with plants today. So unlocking the ability to actually make massive numbers of disease-free plants right here without importing them, whether it be you know local in other countries or to us without having to ship plants all over the world and have them die on us and not be able to utilize the really smart, really hardworking people here because we can't pay them enough. Mm-hmm. I think our world looks different if we have highly profitable ways of producing enough plants that are actually viable in, you know, conservation communities, rural agricultural communities, research labs, commercial horticulture producers. I think that we have enough plants to keep up with our population. Awesome. Uh, Anything else you want to share with the world? We're always looking for collaborators. Um, You know, we can't do any of this alone. We haven't done any of this alone. We're so grateful for the ability to work with other talented entrepreneurs and um, also our horticultural support system. Um, There are so many people out there who know so many things uh, (laughs) besides what I know. So uh, please reach out um, and help us be successful. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen some of your conversations on LinkedIn and the horticultural community. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but you guys are nerding out on these different things. And I, I can see that there's a world there and, and you're, you're, you're gaining connections every day. So um, you're very active on LinkedIn. That's a good place for them to find you. What other ways? Um, uh, just share all your contact info here, just how people can get involved, get in touch, reach out. Yeah. Um, we have our beta testing sign up, our newsletter sign up, and our pre order sign up all on our website, rebelcultures.com. And yeah, that and LinkedIn, I'm trying to get our other socials set up. That's <laughs> uh, not been the most fun part of startup life, but I'm getting there. Um, yeah. Yeah, you just want to make some plants and now you're spending I know, your time. Just trying to make co- plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's been great talking to you today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go to rebelcultures.com, find Della on LinkedIn, go get, join the wait list. This is, it's very, or join the newsletter and just keep an eye on what's happening. It's really cool. And progress is happening fast. So check it out. It's all very cool stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Talk soon. All right. Thanks.